30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. That's right. Total Bev is giving the BSN fam 30% off your next purchase of $25 or more. Use the code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Download today. As you may or may not know, Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right, from drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your next purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home. Cheers. On the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner. Feirano for three. It's good! What the foul! Back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. How's it going, guys? We're back again with another edition of the BSN Rams podcast. I am your host, Justin Michael. Uh, It's been a fun first week here over on BSN Rams. Thank you so much to everyone that's already subscribed. Uh, As you'll see on Twitter, if you use the promo code GORAMS, you can receive a discounted yearly subscription and also get a free Defend the Fort t-shirt. They're super dope. Definitely gotten a lot of positive feedback about the shirts. Uh, go ahead and check them out over on the locker room at bsndenver.com. Uh, but let's go ahead and just jump right into things as we always do. Uh, this first segment that we're going to do is a new concept on the BSN Rams podcast. It's called What's Happening in Agland? Uh, basically, just some quick hitters about what's going on uh, with all your favorite Rams teams. So, you know, jumping right into things, uh, J.D. Page um, has signed a contract with the Estonian club uh, Parnu. I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. I looked it up on the internet and practiced a couple times, uh, but I'm still not 100% sure that I pronounced it right. So congratulations to J.D. Page for signing to play professionally overseas. Um, Page finished up his collegiate career this past spring with uh, with 1,210 career points which ranks 14th on CSU's all-time chart. Uh, In total, he ranks in the top 20 at CSU in career scoring, three-pointers made, assists, steals, minutes, and games played. Uh, Makes sense considering he was a three-year starter at CSU. Uh, When I think back to Paige's career, what really jumps out to me was probably that 2016-17 season. 
Uh, Page was a redshirt sophomore, his first year as a starter. That team, of course, featured you know Gian Clavel, Emmanuel Amagbo, and Prentice Nixon. Those three were kind of the leading, you know, the leaders of the team. That was the team that infamously had um, three players get suspended at semester for being academically ineligible. As a result, CSU only had seven players down the stretch. They ended up picking up Juan Sabino as a walk-up later on, but, you know, the the Magnificent Seven, uh, that was their run. They really tore things up, really the second half of the season with those seven guys. It was, it was kind of remarkable, you know, everyone kind of thought that when those guys, you know, became academically ineligible, it was going to be the you know a death sentence for CSU that year. They were they were coming off of a brutal loss to Kansas State at the Pepsi Center, and in hindsight, it actually made a lot of sense that that team was really flat because they found out you know re- basically right before that that those, these players were going to be ineligible in a few weeks after that game. Larry Stacy basically you know wanted nothing to do with the media. Um, he was even <laughs> I don't. I don't know really how to say it. I don't want to get in trouble here. Let's just say he was less enthused than usual to speak with us. Not that he ever really wanted to talk to us, but um, just a bad vibe that day. And so it, it kind of made a lot of sense. But anyways, kind of getting back on track here, that that season ended up being a lot of fun. CSU really tears things up in conference play. J.D. Page was a, a big factor in a couple of those games. Um in a narrow 79-76 to loss on January 31st, 2017, Page scored 20 points. Uh, CSU lost to Boise State at Moby, but it, it came down to the stretch. Really just a, a strong performance kind of set the tone for how CSU was going to play over the next two months. A few weeks later, in a 78-62 victory over a really talented Fresno State squad, Page had 23 points in 37 minutes hit five of seven threes in that game, was four of four from the charity stripe, only had one turnover. Uh, really, one of the best games of his collegiate career really set the tone for the next couple weeks, kind of like that Boise State one. But obviously this was bigger because it was a 16-point win. Uh, really, you know, didn't really put up big numbers in the Mountain West tournament or anything like that. CSU ended up making it to the championship game falling to Nevada on national television, but it was a fun run until then. And, you know, I think when a lot of Ram fans look back on that era, despite, you know, all the negative headlines and everything that went down with the coaching staff, people can really look back on it fondly just for the the craziness of it and how this group of seven guys banded together, made a run, damn near made the NCAA tournament. Uh, I would have loved to have seen that squad make it just to see Clavel and Amagbo get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Prentice Nixon may get that chance with Iowa State this year, but, you know, Clavel, one of the most electric scorers in history, it would have been a lot of fun to see him make the tournament. But anyways, congratulations to J.D. Page for signing his first professional contract. Hopefully things go well for him over there. Uh, moving on, the Mountain West has released its bowl locations. Uh, I'm currently working on a piece that kind of ranks the bowl locations from the perspective of a Colorado State fan. That should be up by Friday. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this on Friday, then today, I guess. Uh, but 
Anyways, uh, at Mountain West, bowl locations are going to be the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, the Arizona Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, which is my personal favorite for a variety of reasons, but mostly it's that the city of Albuquerque really just does it up right. They really love having that bowl there, and it's just a, a great cultural experience, one of my favorite places to go. And then uh, the big news regarding the Mountain West Bowl season is that the uh, the Premier Bowl for the league is now going to be the Los Angeles Bowl, and that's going to take place in the new Los Angeles-based stadium that the Chargers and Rams are going to share uh, in this bowl. CSU, or not, hopefully CSU someday, but the Mountain West will face the Pac-12, so this essentially just kind of takes up for the Las Vegas Bowl, which is now going to feature the Pac-12 and the SEC, considering that, you know, the Mountain West basically got booted from a bowl game that's hosted in their city. Uh, kind of disappointing, but LA is not a bad trade-off. Uh, Mountain West also has one of ESPN's 16 Bulls and a backup spot in the Cheez-It Bowl, you know, just in case, for some reason, all of those Bulls are full. Uh, but really, you know, not that exciting of a news cycle uh, regarding Mountain West Media Days. Um, it'll be interesting to see how attendance at a Los Angeles Bowl would be. I think one of the benefits of Vegas is that it's a, it's a relatively cheap destination to travel to, and there's so much else going on. You, you know, there's incentive to go there. Los Angeles, obviously a great city. I think a lot of people would enjoy it, but it is a commute nightmare, really busy. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if fans from all over would travel, but you got a bunch of California schools out there, so who knows? Maybe it'll be a good move for the Mountain West. I'll be intrigued to see how it plays out. Uh, if CSU ends up making it, you know, this year down the line, love the opportunity to go to L.A. I've never been there. Um, one more note here uh, for this segment. Um, Ryan Stonehouse was recently named to the watch list for the Ray Guy Award. This is annually presented to the nation's top punter. Uh, not, not really a surprise. Adam Prentice was also added to the watch list for the Warfel Trophy. Um... Yeah, it's, it's somewhat concerning that the only players that seem to be getting any kind of attention for CSU are the fullback and punter. Um, not really sure that sparks a ton of confidence, but I suppose that's what happens when you go 3-9 and nine the year before. Uh, just a, a quick shout-out to Adam Prentice for being, you know, basically just like the best dude in town. Anytime there's a, a press release about him, it's just a laundry list of great things he's done. If someone ever told me, you know, Adam Prentice saved a bunch of sick kids by bench pressing a car off of them, like in a burning building or something, while it was flooding and the Super Bowl was on and he had to miss it, I wouldn't even be surprised because he's that good of a dude. He's just genuinely a great person. Uh, he's always fun to talk to, a really good guy. So shout out to Adam Prentice. I'm, I'm happy that you're getting some preseason recognition because, as we all know, the fullbacks don't always get the love. All right, in, uh, in the next segment, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about Colin Hill and why I think he can lead this team to a bowl game. That's right. Uh, CSU picked fifth to finish in the Mountain Division. I'm saying Colin Hill can lead them to a bowl game. We'll get to that after the break. Uh, but first, we're just going to take a moment to hear from our sponsor. 
It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Alrighty, shout out to our sponsor, Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, one of the best local breweries in town, for sure. Uh, moving on, like we said, we're going to talk just a little bit about Colin Hill. Um, there was an article recently in the Denver Post that kind of broke down how Patrick O'Brien is still going to try and compete with Colin Hill for the starting gig. This is something that we briefly talked about on the podcast over the last couple days. Uh, not really shocking. I mean, if you're, if you're a quarterback and you don't want to be the starter, I'd be much more concerned than anybody, you know, wanting to compete. Uh, but for the, for the sake of this segment, we're going to proceed as if Colin Hill is going to be the starter uh, in week one and all season. I, I think that's the most likely outcome, assuming that he stays healthy, knock on wood. But, you know, much like Prentice, Colin Hill is such a good guy, it's, it's almost annoying. Um, genuinely just a great kid. When you hear Mike Bobo talk about Colin Hill, it's really, I mean you would think that he was talking about his son or, like, his father, um, that he gets just, like, this twinkle in his eye a little bit, like, you know, just, oh, let me tell you about how much I love this kid. And, you know, I can't really say that I blame him because in every interaction that I've ever had with Colin Hill, he's been great. Um, it it kind of feels like he's been at CSU since he was 12 at this point, um, <laughs> mostly because he gray-shirted, so he's been here for, like, three years, but... It makes sense why everyone flocks to this kid. He's a leader. He's a great teammate. Uh, I've heard from just countless former teammates and current guys that are on the roster that Colin Hill is just a great locker room guy. Even in the times when you know he lost the starting position to KJ Carter Samuels, he was always a just a team player. Uh, handled losing his gig to Nick Stevens after you know Hill overcame Stevens for the starting gig when he was a true freshman before he tore his ACL definitely a bummer but he just he handled that situation with poise as well um really it's a shame that his career has been so marred by injury because I think he's capable of putting up big numbers in the right system um you know assuming that he could stay healthy um I don't think that there would have been any chance that Nick Stevens would have gotten a job back from him a couple years ago in an alternate reality Colin Hill takes over puts up huge numbers as a freshman then just goes on to be a three-year, four-year starter before, you know, going on to the NFL. That That is the kind of potential that I think this kid has. Uh, if you saw on Twitter a couple days ago, Chris Mortensen talked about how at the Manning Passing Academy that Colin Hill really just impressed NFL scouts, and that's, that's not surprising to me at all. I think that the experience he gained at the Manning Passing Academy should serve him well this year, getting to work with you know, some of the most brilliant football minds in America, some of the most brilliant quarterbacks in America. And now he has, 
you know, the opportunity to be the guy. And, you know, can he do it? We don't really know. I think he's certainly capable. Uh, a lot is going to come down to can this offensive line protect him? Because as we saw last year, they did not even a little bit, him or KJ. And, you know, what happens with some of these receivers? Also to be determined that the, the biggest factor is going to be can you protect him? Because if you give Colin Hill some time, he, he progresses through his reads, he really stands in the pocket and delivers a nice football down the field. Um, I just think he has a chance to be a lot better than a lot of people are, you know, kind of giving credit for, especially the outside media. I think a lot of the local guys feel highly about Colin Hill. I saw Kevin Lytle from the Colorado and great reporter subscribe to them and us. Um, I saw he say that, you know, he thinks Colin Hill can be an NFL guy. I, I completely agree. The thing is that makes it so tough to be a college quarterback is that, you know, you have this three or four year window to learn a system that's significantly more complex than anything you've ever run in high school. And then you maybe in that four year stint, you have like a one or two year window to really be the guy and be the leader. Hill has had the last three years, although because of injury, to just learn everything there is about this system. He's he's more comfortable in this system than a college quarterback almost ever would be, just from the sheer fact that he's been in it for three years. Now with an opportunity to kind of be the guy for two years, I think he'll builds on you know the experience that he's gained the last couple of years. I think he he builds on the progress that he's made throwing the football and he he takes it to the next level. Um Look, if you can't, you know, if you can't protect him, none of this is going to matter. But he's he's 6'5", 215, that's really great size. When you watch him between the tackles, you know, he, he progresses, like I said earlier. He has great footwork. He just delivers a really catchable football, and that's kind of an underrated quality in a quarterback. Um, he, know, he doesn't overthrow the football. He has a strong arm, but he puts it in a way that doesn't, you know, kill the receivers. I'm just, I'm looking forward to see what he does. I think a lot of Ram fans are rooting for him just after everything he's been through. It would be a great story to see him kind of rise up and lead this team to, you know, a seven, eight win season. More than that would be great, but I'm, I'm just kind of to speak a little realistically here, especially after a three and nine campaign. Uh, but speaking of which, in the next segment, we're going to kind of go over the, the four or five games that are must wins for CSU if they're going to reach a bowl game. Uh, but first, we're just going to take one final break here and hear from our sponsor, The Green Solution. The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now, go to their website, mygreensolution.com, order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use the code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, guys, in this last segment, we're going to kind of just go over the four or five games that I consider must-wins for CSU if they're going to make a bowl game. Um, these are the games that, based on the way the schedule plays out, just based on you know where the, the positioning and, and the order of schedule, 
there are a variety of reasons that I picked these games, uh, but we'll just kind of go ahead and get started. Um, as always, if you guys agree with what I say, go ahead and let me know on Twitter at Justin T. Michael or at BSN Rams. If you disagree, let me know as well. Uh, we're going to be doing another mailbox here on Monday, I believe, so go ahead and send in more mailbox questions. I really enjoyed that yesterday. Thank you so much to everyone that sent in, but... The first must-win game for CSU to make a bowl game this year. Uh, drum roll, just kidding. It's Toledo. And the reason that it is Toledo in week three, uh, or week four, excuse me, I'm sorry, week four, um, this is just a game that CSU can't afford to lose. By this point, you will have already faced Colorado and Denver. You will have traveled to Arkansas operating under the assumption that you lost both of those games. Who knows, it would be great to see CSU win one, if not both of those, but just for the sake of this, if they lose both of those games, you could still escape non-conference play 500 with victories over Western Illinois, the FCS team in Week 2. I shouldn't have to clarify that they should roll an FCS team, but as we all found out last year, this game can be cruel. But uh, one week, or week four, uh, Toledo comes to town. This was a team that scored 40.4 points per game last season. They only won seven games because they didn't play any defense. But this is really just a game that the Rams cannot afford to lose under any circumstance. I know people want me to put the show down here, and I definitely agree that beating CU increases the chances of making a bull game, surely by the, you know, the fact that they beat a great team. But that's also not a game where you can, you know, realistically say CSU must win. Obviously, there have been plenty of examples of CSU making the postseason, even with a loss in the showdown. So Toledo, Week 4, must-win game for the Rams. Uh, the second game is Week 7 at New Mexico. This is the third league game of the slate. Uh, it comes after traveling to Utah State and then hosting San Diego State on homecoming. Uh, both of those will be pretty tough games. Utah State, obviously one of the best teams in the conference last year. CSU dang near beat them at home, and had it not been for Preston Williams-Cleet just grazing out of bounds, uh, they would have actually won that game with a miraculous Hail Mary. But Logan, opening up the Mountain West slate in Logan, going to be a tough task. Uh, the Aztecs are always a really good team. Uh, that I think that is a winnable game at home, uh, but San Diego State usually has a pretty stout defense, definitely always runs the ball, somehow always man manages to win like eight or nine games, even though I don't think they've ever had a good quarterback. But, uh, you know, the Week 7 matchup against New Mexico, this is this is on the road. You, you do have to win some road games if you're going to make a bowl game. The Lobos pick six to picked to finish sixth in the Mountain Division, really just one of the worst programs in the conference when it comes to football. I honestly, I think Bob Davey maybe has pictures of the 80 at this point because I don't know anyone that can explain how he still has a job. Gotta beat New Mexico on the road, very winnable game. Third must win is Week 10 against UNLV. The Rams will be wearing state pride uniforms and need to take advantage of the Lily Rebels at home. Uh, tough break having to play San Diego State and Fresno State. So, you know, at the very least, you need to find a way to beat UNLV. Um, you just, you can't lose in the straight pride uniforms. Obviously, this game has massive bowl implications. It's a home game. It's a game you should win. 
But just for the fans, for the sake of the fans, win this game, give everyone a positive experience in these super dope uniforms. And because, and, and and if I'm being completely selfish for me, I want them to win because I don't want to have to hear Tracy Ringlesby talk about how Wyoming wins without all the fancy uniforms and whatnot. Get it done. You're in the coolest uniforms in the state. I'll say it. They're the coolest uniforms in the state. Gotta get the win. Finally, uh, for the fourth one, this is a, a split situation. At the very minimum, you have to be Air Force or Wyoming. The Falcons come to Fort Collins on Saturday, November 16th, and then the next week, CSU will face the Pokes and Laramie for a Friday night matchup on November 22nd. That game with the Cowboys will be a 7.30 kickoff and televised on ESPN2. CSU hasn't beaten either of these teams since 2015. That's kind of a, a big talking point of the last couple days. Bobo's obviously struggled massively in rivalry games, three straight years of losing. It really has made so many of the fans turn against him. Um, in a perfect world, CSU beats both of these teams, but Air Force is going to be pretty tough this year. They have a lot of returning experience, which usually means good things and for them in running that complicated triple-option off offense. Uh, Wyoming, kind of a wild card at this point in the Mountain West. Nobody really knows what to expect, but let's be real. The, the CSU, the border war, it's their Super Bowl, and they're always going to come out hard. As we saw last year when, you know, the Cowboys won in Fort Collins, the players celebrating in front of the fans, really rubbing it in. You can't blame them, man. It's a lot of Colorado kids. They love playing CSU. They want that win. It's always an electric atmosphere. Gotta find a way to win one of those two games. I just, for the sake of everyone and their sanity, beat a rival this year. For the love of God. Any of them. Just, please. One or two. Just be one of them. Come on. Uh, I hope you liked today's podcast. Remember to tell your friends to subscribe to bsndenver.com. When you use the code GORAMS, you get a discounted price on your yearly subscription, plus a free shirt. Uh, go ahead and check out some of the other beats. Uh, the BSN Broncos has been providing some of the, the most in-depth coverage around town. Ryan Cohensburg, Zach Stevens, they do a great job. Really cool dudes. Their podcast is great as well. Check that out, the BSN Broncos podcast. But uh, go ahead and make sure you're just subscribed to bsndenver.com. Keep up with everything we've got going. As always, I'm Justin Michael. Defend the Ford.